Hi, Michael. Really nice to have you here. Hi, Ali. Um, hi. Today, I wanted to talk about what it is to be a trade partner and how it works. It's something that I know you know inside out with your businesses. Um, first of all, just to give a bit of an introduction about you. Um, Michael's been working in China for nearly 10 years. You're originally from Switzerland um, and you now have several businesses um, helping small and medium-sized companies enter into China. With Qingdao Alley Commerce, you and your team support brands from market, everything from market entry to social media management and all the way through to obviously, of course, the actual e-commerce operations. Um, and as I know, you operate both um, traditional e-commerce and also cross-border e-commerce. So I thought it would be really great to have you on here today um, to give us a bit of an overview about what it's like to be a trade partner. Yeah, well, it's awesome uh, you're having me and um, I'm very glad to share a bit of, uh, yeah, of, of some information and a bit of background. Um, I think it's important that uh, you really get into the topic if you want to come to China and a channel like yours uh, are the perfect thing to, to start, right? So uh, thanks for having me. Thank you. Great. So the first question really is when a brand's thinking about entering into China, specifically through cross-border e-commerce, um, what are the main things, you know, a trade partner is actually a quite important part of that. So what are the main things that a cross-border e-commerce brand needs to think about? Yes. So basically uh, the TP is, as it says, is a trade partner. The partner here is, is key, right? So uh, just before saying anything more, if you come to China, you need to have a partner. You, you just mm. can't do it by yourself. Mm. How mm. this partner look like? Uh, can be in, in different ways, in different ways. So, I mean, I know you are helping um, beauty brands, indie beauty brands to come to China. So you could be part of such a uh, partner as well. Um, and then just helping them to manage a bit more tightly like the TPs like us uh, with more understanding. I, I had clients in this kind of a trial, triangle uh, set up before and it actually works very well. It's very challenging, um, mm. but uh, it, it brings you forward much more. But uh, like the TPs, what, what we do, you know, um, it's really helping the brand and assess if the products and the brand is the right fit for China. This is the first thing we do. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I see more and more TPs which are very selective with whom they take on board. Yeah. Because it's simple. Nobody wants to go into a relationship uh, which, is, uh, which you know already uh, it will be... Isn't going to work, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah, so, yeah. so basically, we look at the digital market. Uh, we check what are the, the opportunities for your products, for your brands, and then basically make some research and, and, and give suggestions according to data. This is really mm -hmm. one of the core mm -hmm. competences in the, in the very beginning. And, and then you, you take it from there, you know, uh, it's, mm -hmm. it's yeah, how, however mm -hmm. it goes, right? Some uh, mm -hmm. actually ask for a, for a forecast. I, I know European companies come, they ask for a five-year plan. I'm like, five years, okay. 
I don't know where <laughs> I am. China, in China, that's like, China. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Very uh, difficult in China. Yeah, we, we usually, I'm comfortable with the 18 months to 24 months forecast in the pitch phase. Uh, whereas, but later we, we do that on a yearly basis, just on months by months, uh, because mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. there's so much which can go wrong. Uh, in terms of support, you know, from the brand and so on. So this is then the second leg of forecast to give them an idea. Once we say, okay, it has a fit, um, what can you expect? And then the third is, okay, all these, how can we make it work? So basically yeah. then laying out the, the, the landing strategy, right? So this then includes um, the idea of how to approach within the marketplace, for example, is mm. it JD or, or, or whatever, um, yep. And on the other hand, what kind of external factors do you need, uh, such as social media, um, and go there a bit more into details, like uh, uh, a landing campaign, maybe on Xiaohongshu, uh, with seeding, with paid KOLs, and so on, and then slowly uh, bring the ball uh, into the game and, and start rolling. This is really yeah. Um, yeah. this is really what the TP does, but it's really it's a mm. partner. And honesty and integrity is, is most important, I guess, because mm-hmm. uh, there are many TPs out there still, which actually, well, they, they are happy if you come along and then you pay uh, you for one year the service fee and, and, and it doesn't work. There are people which tell you we're going to sell 10 million in the first year, just come along and, and so on and so forth. So um, uh, honest feedback, helping them not to make mistakes they might do if they go alone or with the wrong partner. Yeah, actually that makes me think about um, a client I had recently who we were looking for for TPs and the difference in value in, in forecasts that got given between the different TPs was enormous. And of course, mm-hmm. yes, that's something that brands really should look at, right? It's not necessarily the biggest number is the best. You really yes, do yes. need to... Uh, as you said, integrity and, and look at the quality of the plan. Um, and, and you need to trust each other as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I've, what I've found out is that uh, really, if you come along very well with the client, um, it's much easier to, to do business. I mean, this is something, it's obviously, right? It's logic, but it's not always happening because uh, you, you don't see each other, people are busy. Uh, you maybe have some other stuff going on. Um, so it's, it's really important, I think. And uh, in the end, if you, what I do is like in this, in this forecast, for example, for the pitch, I give them numbers which they will look at like, say, oh, okay, uh, that's not what we thought uh, we, will, we will do. And I'm like, yes, because what you imagine and what will happen is anyway, two pairs of shoes different so from the very beginning i put it there and i say look that's what i think is possible if this doesn't meet your requirements i'm very happy to say no to so we don't need to work Mm. together so Mm. this is really a, a an approach i take and it's Maybe they don't choose me, but people come back, you know, they're like, uh, after a while, they go, oh, it's not going good, or yeah, how do you yes. see things? And Yes, so the first time they I, might choose even, some, one with yeah. the biggest number, and then they'll come back to the more realistic one later. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, if, if a brand is looking at cross-border e-commerce, obviously a trade partner is one option, and then another option is a distributor. 
So, I mean, from your perspective, what's the advantage of a trade partner, for example, over a distributor? Um, actually, I wouldn't put it as a choice of A and B because in different kind of uh, business setups or stages of the business, uh, you need to choose them. So if, if we're talking cross-border e-commerce, I see it personally as a market trial. You, as a, especially as an as a indie beauty brand, um, you come to the market, you have not much idea. Your TP thinks he has an idea uh, or, or your partner thinks he has an idea, yeah. but nobody actually knows, right? That's all just a mm. bit of research and so on and so forth. So cross-body e-commerce, you come, you get your first-hand experience, you get real customer feedbacks, you know? You see, hey, do I have a problem with shelf life? If, if it was too long in the sun, does the taste change? All this kind of stuff, you know, because mm -hmm. some things are just not stable, you know, they can change mm -hmm. and it's oily or mm -hmm. it's this. So mm -hmm. real feedback from customers who bought it. And then you can see, hey, the market response is pretty good. At the same time, you actually have to invest via cross-border e-commerce on your brand awareness. And Choosing yeah. a TP or a distributor, both will let you pay for it as a brand. There's nobody who's going to invest on brand awareness from day zero for your brand, unless you have an exclusivity contract for 10 years, or I don't know, but no, nobody. Very impossible so, in China, never. Yes. <laughs> so basically there's two things. You come with cross-border e-commerce to get real feedbacks and to spend money on your brand awareness via the cross-border mm -hmm. e-commerce kind of uh, start. Um, I see that yeah. starting phase about one to two years. And once you created some traction, once you see, okay, this is getting interesting. Okay, people like it or oh, they didn't like it. You bring new products until you're at the place where you say, this is getting interesting. And then you have two choices. You either go for a distributor, you say, I'm going via the general trade model, or you even can say, oh, this looks even better than I thought. I'm going in myself, you know? And then you can make your own business plan. You pitch it to investors or your CEO, it doesn't matter. And you say, hey, it might make sense if we go just directly by ourselves. So you skip the mm -hmm. distributor all along. Um, mm -hmm. But if you choose the distributor, then there's some other benefits you have. And these really, I've, I see that happening. You are at a different stage of negotiation. You've spent the money for brand yeah, activation. Right. You have mm. the feedbacks and so on. So you, you're going in and uh, you mm. can start really to say, look, this, this, and this is what we think, what mm. we would like you to do as a distributor. And they will look like, oh, they, they have a lot of things everywhere. You know, it's, it's not something we, it's not hard work, you know, like, of course yeah. it's hard work, but they don't need to invest a lot, a lot of time. So you're at the better point of choosing the right distributor or mm -hmm. choosing multiple distributors. At this mm -hmm. point, you can then say, look, I, I don't go only with one, I go with several. If you do that in the very beginning, no distributor will, will even consider Take you. you. Mm. Mm. Yeah. No, that's a really good so, point. And, actually, and the last thing the is equity. Yeah. The yeah, the last thing is they actually even maybe just come to you. So I've yeah. also had uh, via the e-commerce they come, they chat. Hey, I'm a distributor. I would like to uh, 
uh, operate your brand in China. So you get even yeah. leads not even traveling there. So, and, and I always compare it like you go to fairs uh, searching distributors on a general mm -hmm. trade model, spend mm. $100,000, $200,000 for hotels, flights, follow-ups, and so on. You could just put that money into your cross-border e-commerce uh, strategy uh, yeah. and, and, and you're, well, you're two years or let's say one year in the game with the very same uh, money, but the result is like a huge difference. You have so yeah. much uh, experience already with a, with a cross-border e-commerce approach. Obviously, the TPO, your partner needs to be the right fit. Else, uh, that's also a bit of wasted money. Of course, you, you always have that yeah. risk. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, that's, I think it's really interesting about the distributor at the different stage and being able yeah. to have that equity, you know, like by building your brand a bit before you go in, you have that leverage. Um, because I work with brands that are really quite popular outside China, but, you know, of course, they don't have the equity in China and it means nothing. It doesn't matter how popular you are in the U.S. or Absolutely. wherever. If you don't have, if, if people are not searching for you in China, then no one cares. Um, so that's important. In the cosmetic space, you can be a bit lucky if like if you have a social media momentum in the Western world, you might be lucky that. Uh, some Chinese influencers actually are following these, these foreign yeah. uh, influencers and, and uh, like that. So, uh, but yeah, in example, we do uh, food uh, a lot as well. In the food, it's a bit more difficult. You can't really have this kind of a line going back. Uh, but in, in, in fashion and, and, and cosmetics, I think this is also possible. Yes, it's more established that influence a route right yeah yeah awesome. yeah so i mean what do you think then is the most important for an international small medium beauty brand to have in order to be successful in china if you could think of like one or two things what would you what yeah. advice would you give um i wouldn't even say for a for a beauty brand because it's so general it's it's mm -hmm. the things everybody must have to be successful mm -hmm. and this is a customer fit of your products based on data, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. not feeling and not believing mm -hmm. because this mm -hmm. was 90% what I see people approaching me are doing that. And all we mm -hmm. think like we are the, the 20 to 30 year old people uh, from tier one cities. Yeah. Huge. So many people, so, right? Yeah. yeah. So, a real fit based on data. And if you don't have this data, okay. Uh, no, you, you need to have it. So the TP can help you. But I mean, if, you're, if your product is unique or a bit different, you can't just say this is the same, right? Then mm -hmm. you have to take educated guesses from the data you can take out. And then mm -hmm. still come and get your, your valuable feedback um, on the market. This is the first. Uh, and the mm -hmm. second is speed and agility. Like we as Europeans speaking now, Swiss are very slow. Um, <laughs> the holiday season is just over. I think you've experienced it as well. Yeah. Nothing yeah. is going on during June, August. July to now. <laughs> it's literally. Yeah. And, 
So yeah. you need to be fast, you know? And if we say we're going to start, we're going to start. And if you say you're going to give me uh, material for the brand and the products, you need to give it to me uh, fast and, and mm. go on, go on, bring more and bring more. So this is really uh, something uh, which is uh, very important. And uh, mm. on top of that, um, it's not only the speed and agility to come, it's also to learn to learn like once you are in there what i've been saying before this 12 months you're in the game it's not just there you need to learn if you see a mm. hey, this product should be fine-tuned there and that over there or hey if we just combine these two you know make a new product uh, the, the the market could be maybe tenfold uh, or the competition is just out because you're uh, very unique so fast also in learning and then adapting and doing uh, this mm. is this is basically it. yeah uh, and i know this everybody says that but the, it's just one of the most important things right um yeah i think that's that's something that the, te- the the small companies need to be aware of even obviously they need to have a partner when they're coming in but they need to think about their structure to support that partner yeah. right yeah. so within the yeah. teams making sure it's a priority to get the assets or, you know, get the information or whatever it needs to, they need to understand that they need to structure their team at head office in a way that will help you do your job. Um, Exactly. It's actually one of the first questions I ask if, if people talk to me, it's like, okay, if it sounds interesting, I'm like, okay, do you actually have somebody in charge of the Chinese market or this is just some kind of a, additional workload mm-hmm. for the export manager or, or for, I don't know, the assistant of the CEO and so on. And then you can identify very fast who's actually going serious, doing it real mm-hmm. serious or mm-hmm. just, okay, we thought that might be interesting, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Good point. Okay. So then the last question is just like, if you could share one or a couple of things about that beauty brands could really think about for China, like either a trend or something that you've seen that's interesting that they might, um, they might consider. Yeah. Um, I, I just go after like preferences I would have uh, if I, if I start new in China uh, in the cosmetic and that's first is probably the, skincare for men or just general men skincare it's yeah i've been looking for not actively but i'm always uh, opening my eyes and ears to to find brands doing that because it's it's mm. huge it's huge what's mm. what's going on here is huge uh, the men are changing i have people in my team uh, which are uh, these these target audience Mm-hmm. and they know so much they know more than mm-hmm. the the girls in my team you know they're fascinating crazy crazy so this is really something i think is very fascinating and something you don't have that crazy competition and you can still win because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. marketing to men is a bit different than to ladies i i believe uh, so yeah. uh, it's that's i'm very fascinated by this um and the second thing is uh, I also saw you, you recently wrote about it, is the CBD uh, as, yeah. a, as an ingredient. Um, I, I know people back home talking about it. Uh, I'm not exactly sure if actually it's possible. I did some research maybe half a year ago, and I found only one product on, on JD Global, which had CBD as an ingredient. 
Um, so there might be still some barriers also in the, in the cross-border e-commerce, but it's something which will come. Like, mm-hmm. for sure, there will be, in the end, it will be possible to bring it in. And that's something which is interesting. And I think here, compared to the men's skincare, you still could have the first mover advantage. And uh, mm. in China, this is expensive, but it's always nice to have because, uh, yeah, if you're the first long run, you have a very high chance of winning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think CBD in China, it's a really interesting one and, and a topic for a different, a different conversation. But yeah, there are some brands that are able to come in and increasingly we're seeing Chinese brands, Chinese CBD yeah. skincare brands as well. So um, yeah, definitely an interesting space for brands to, brands to look at. Well, thanks so much, Michael. I think that was really helpful. And um, hopefully people, if they want to find you, I'll make sure that I link to your LinkedIn is probably the best way for people to yes, get in touch absolutely. with you, right? Um, absolutely. So I Join on LinkedIn. That. And uh, I, I talk frequently about the Chinese e-commerce and a bit of social uh, topics. Uh, yeah, feel free, add me and uh, let's connect. Yeah. Great. Thank you.